1: With us, we have Dr. Russ McCullough, the founder of the Gourney Institute and Wayne Angel Chair of Economics. We have Dr. Justin Clark, the Menard Family Professor of Philosophy and Ethics. We have Dr. Peter Jacobson, the Gourney Professor of Economic Education and Research. And finally, Nate Johnson, my fellow producer and graduate
0: assistant. Looks like we got ourselves a convoy. It was an old song back in the 70s that all of a sudden came back to life here in Canada. So today we wanted to talk about the trucker convoy and the issues surrounding it. Peter, you had some of the details on this?
1: Yeah. So the trucker convoy planning for this was organized by just a large group of Canadian truckers. And it actually started last month. That's when the planning began. And it wasn't like secret planning. This was public planning. And so this has been around the airways for about a month. And over the last couple of weeks, the plan has now been executed. And the plan was we don't like this new law that is being proposed that, and it's actually, you know, was starting to be implemented, I believe, that says we have to have a vaccine to cross the border into the United States. So any trucker who wanted to cross into the United States would have to have, you know, mandatorily would have to be vaccinated.
0: It was kind of, was it a one-way street though? Like you could leave Canada, but you can't come back. It was Canada on the way trip back in, I'm guessing was the mandate. No, I, I, I will think. not
2: even let you leave Canada. Right they won't now. let you
1: leave. Yes, you wow. You, you so can't. that's
0: like the German wall, the Berlin Wall. Like we're we're gonna erect a barrier to actually keep our people in. Yeah, that there's (laughs) probably
1: a bad analogy. (laughs) Well, a similar idea, right? It's uh, it it is rare for countries to force their citizens to stay in. And so, you know, there's not many analogies you can draw just because there's so few examples recently in history. And so the truckers didn't like this idea. They obviously uh, were worried about especially the ones who didn't want the vaccine. But a lot of people who are truckers who do have the vaccine have joined the protest. They decided we're going to take a caravan of trucks, our big rigs. And we're going to drive to Ottawa, where all these rules and uh, all the legislation is made and passed, and where Justin Trudeau lives usually, though he isn't right now. And we're going to basically drive and take over the streets, park our trucks in the streets, move around during the day. And there's going to be basically demonstration signs saying that we want initially this law repealed, but it's now extended to all sorts of uh, COVID mandates that they're protesting against. Famously, a lot of the protest involves uh, people holding down on their horns. So there's lots of videos of Ottawa during the day of just, you know, you can hear the horns
2: blaring all across the city. And a lot of the uh, response from people in Ottawa has been complaining about these horns and how this is an absolute violation of the citizens of Ottawa's right to not have a horn be blown. In and they're
0: city. in the majority, I'm guessing. Majority are vaccinated, I'm
2: guessing. If you believe the federal statistics, it's something like 90% of Canadians are vaccinated.
0: Yeah, okay. But definitely majority. Yes. So they're looking at the minority thinking, oh, these ruffians are disturbing the peace, which they are disturbing the peace. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. They are doing some stuff, that's for sure. So, you know, at what point do these protests you know, become in the wrong, I guess. I kind of think of the passive protests, the sit-ins or something. I mean, would this be more effective if all the truckers went in and sat in and Justin Trudeau's, you know, equivalent White House or whatever?
1: Well, unfortunately, that is in Ottawa, but he has fled the city with his family. (laughs) And so he's left someone, his his one of his henchmen or advisors, whatever you want to call it, in charge while basically he's hiding
2: out somewhere. I'm not sure where. Well, he claimed he left because he got COVID. Of course. And he is... Uh, Presumably triple vaxxed too. So I saw a great quote that said, you know, Justin Trudeau says the truckers need to get vaccinated so that they don't get, uh, they need to get vaccinated like he did so they don't get COVID like he did. Uh, But to answer russ's question about when this becomes the protest becomes immoral and wouldn't this be more maybe it would be more effective if they just did a quiet sit-in or something well maybe it'd be more effective if they just all got vaccinated too right but the point of a protest (laughs) is to make things, is to throw sand in the gears of the machine whatever machine you're trying to um deal with and And let's
1: i i was gonna say and to, to make kind of a point here, we can contrast this with other protests that we saw over the summer where we had, you know, burning down of buildings, private property being destroyed and the basically the chance and response was, but they have insurance, so it's okay. This protest is occurring on roads, public roads that taxpayers pay for and the trucks are, truckers are taxpayers. Now, maybe, you know, they pay less than some maybe non-Ottawa residents pay less than the Ottawa residents. There's some degree of that. But I see this uh, protest as a lot less problematic than one that involves sacking like private buildings and destroying private businesses and people's lives. They're occupying government streets, which they had a part in paying for.
2: And let's not forget that a month and a half ago, the line from, you know, the administration, both in the United States and in Canada, was we need to make life difficult for people who are uh, who don't want to get vaccinated are mm-hmm. uh, the point of these uh, things is to make it line. as difficult as possible. You don't want to get vaccinated fine. You don't get to go into, um, you know, a restaurant, uh, the explicit aim of these things was to make life difficult for these yeah. people. So yeah. when these same people turn around and say, but sir, the horn, it's so loud. It's interfering with, you know, how am I supposed to lunch when the horn is going off? Uh, I have zero sympathy for that complaint
1: and, and I also point out I this the situation is making a lot of news because it's so rife with irony here. You know when we had the protests on Wall Street occupy Wall Street so long ago where it wasn't cars, but it was people kind of like sitting around blocking things around Wall Street kind of just making a demonstration. When you look at who was there, it was like young students and maybe like journalists and kind of a uh i wouldn't say the classic working class demographic was occupying wall street and of course the narrative is the 1% is taking all the money from the 99% we should be very angry about this but now we have uh protests where we actually have the 99% represented right or we definitely do we could at least say which is these these truckers are working class people and they're mad about something, but it's not about like the financial sector and regulations. It's not that we're not taxing the rich enough. The thing that has inspired this group of people to protest is these vaccine mandates. But of course, when this is the protest point, rather than we need more taxes on corporations. <laughs> this is, you know, seen as like terrible by by the media, by the press, by the intelligentsia. These working class people need to be educated rather than supported in this case is, is the refrain. So.
0: I know these types of protests are common in South Africa, um, and I think there's probably other parts, but I visited South Africa and I learned there was, I don't know, I saw stuff burning in the streets, and but they make them public, kind of similar to what this was from what I'm hearing. And then you can plan alternative routes. Now in South Africa, sometimes the main drag is the main route, and so it causes congestion. With here, uh, blocking the border, I have a little bit more problem with this in that you're you're keeping other people from earning their income. So kind of similar to the riots that led to broken store windows, small businesses being affected. I mean, you're really, the protest I think is pushing the line on now I'm, I'm really hurting other innocents, innocent people that aren't related to my objective. And so here the objective is to get Trudeau to go a different way. And by blocking the border, I have truck Americans, by the way, and Canadians that are crossing the border, and you also have just tourists that are innocent in this, and so they're being negatively impacted on earning their income, and I think that's a little bit bigger.
2: Uh, Let's see what Mr. Morality has to say over here, Dr. Clark. The point of the protest is that these truckers are literally, by law, being prevented from crossing the border. So forcing everybody else to play by the rules that are being imposed on them doesn't strike me as something that's egregious in this sense. And the claim that, well, I understand you guys are being oppressed, but please, would you not, please don't bother me with your concerns. Um, To the extent that a government is responsible uh, to its people, um, I think that, I think this is a valid tactic.
1: Yeah, and I I will say, uh, I think The blocking of the border thing that was done a little bit. They did block one route, but I from my understanding, that's not what the majority of what they're doing is. That's not like the goal is to systematically block block the border. In fact, I think they're not even blocking it right now. I could have my facts wrong here, but my understanding is they did that for a day and they stopped. And now they're just in the city, uh, ruining life in the city, basically, or, you know, mildly inconveniencing it is probably a better way to, to put it. So I actually don't think that that is a huge part of the protest. I'm pretty sure it's not even happening anymore. I could be wrong on that, though.
0: What is the response of government? Are they arresting the truckers in their truck and then have them towed out of the way? Uh, Because I think what's the appropriate response to people who are impacting other innocent people that this gets me back to the kind of the point of their of where they protest or how they protest, whether there be a more I don't know if I want to call it moral or uh, possibly efficient or whatever in terms of. Making sure you're hurting the rebuking or doing the people that are causing the harm, that it's more of a one-to-one rather than hurting innocent people to prove your point. And I know that's the way protests go, but then the answer is like somebody who's rioting in the streets or doing some of the things that have happened over the last few years they do get arrested potentially, right? And they, if they find film and granted some of the governments say, oh no, we're not arresting anybody. And then celebrities are bailing them out of jail and all all of that stuff. But there's still some sort of rule of law. From what I've gathered, I believe that recently Canada threatened to send in police
1: uh, into the convoy to kind of break it up. And then instead, I think they did some kind of fuel tax and basically they attacked the fuel that they were using for their trucks and to made it to where they either couldn't get it or just like crazy expensive
2: (laughs) they confiscated fuel they went in and confiscated propane tanks and fuel tanks from truckers i think two days ago i mean as of yesterday they there's video of police handcuffing and arresting an 80 year old man who honked in support of the protests so I don't know when, when I see tactics like that used by the state, I think that this idea that, oh, well, can't these truckers be more polite? I don't, I don't buy it.
0: No. And I, I guess part of what I'm saying is that the truckers would willingly go into that protest, knowing that they might get arrested. Right. I mean, this is what's happened in the 1960s too. And they willingly walked the streets, did something that, you know, was going to be a disturbance of the peace, knowing that getting cuffed and stuffed was just part of the protest. Yeah, I I didn't know if that was part of this or not at this point. Well, uh,
1: so I I do think that there is, I I appreciate how the the trucker protest is going about things. I I think we could, this is a good contrast here is with what happened on January 6th. So I think that, and by the way, they're assigning some of the same labels to the truckers or they're trying. They're calling this group, oh, this is an insurrection Mm -hmm. and they're receiving outside funding. They're trying to call it GoFundMe, trying to equilibrate that with like a... Russia sending in money to the Trump campaign, which never happened, anyways. But they're <laughs> they're trying to draw all these lines, but people aren't buying it. And I think the reason people aren't buying it is I I tend to agree. Uh, maybe let's say morality aside, let's focus on effectiveness. I think non-violence protests and like sit-ins, things like that, which this is basically like a street sit-in. Uh, these tend to be more effective than a protest like January sixth, where I I think frankly the idiots walked in and now they will forevermore be domestic terrorists. And people people can sort of accept that label. You saw a lot of like everyday Americans. I I had friends who said, I didn't think Trump was that bad, but actually this is like the worst fear coming true. I had friends say that to me because these people walked in the White House. If they wouldn't have walked in, this wouldn't have happened. So the labels that they're throwing at the truckers actually aren't sticking right now. I think because they're not fighting, they're not being unruly, they're trying to call them insurrectionists and racists and all these other things, but no one buys it because they're just sitting there.
0: They just have to be, they are sitting on public land, it sounds like, and they're they're just sitting there. Yeah, they're just sitting there. With their big <laughs> semi. So this looks like a good spot to bring our break. Justin's chomping at the bit. So I know we've got a lot of great things to cover here after we get back in just a bit.
2: By 2030, the Gordney Institute will be known for its alumni, supporters, and participants who incorporate economic understanding with their faith in careers, vocations, communities, and personal lives. The Institute will be a nationally recognized source for knowledge and contributions to students' experience, society's understanding of private and public solutions to poverty, and the overlap of markets, governments, and faith. Young audiences will look to the Institute for challenging and engaging education on faith and economics.
0: The Gordon Institute at Otto University is the best place in the Midwest for students interested in freedom and justice and its impact on human flourishing, faith and economics in action. We have some awesome high school events coming up and parents are welcome to attend with their high schoolers. We've got a Bitcoin book club where we'll work through a book. Uh, Dr. Jacobson is presenting on inflation, a big topic today that we haven't felt in in many, many years like we are feeling today. And then our everyday economics class. This is just going to be a a half day event on a Saturday. So if you have a high schooler interested in the issues we talk about on this podcast, please uh, sign up for those events, come to Ottawa University and see what we're all about.
2: Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you use iTunes, please consider giving us a five-star review. It helps other people find us. We'd like to do a mailbag episode. So
1: please send your questions to gortney.institute@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: All right. so before break i uh, rudely cut off dr clark here he had some insightful information justin what do you got to say
2: i can't even remember what else going <laughs> to bring up uh, i do remember you were saying that these uh you know these truckers are just sitting there right oh um, but yeah. not only are they just sitting there like they have barbecues out they have <laughs> yeah. bounce houses that they've rented <laughs> kids are going People are bringing their families and kids there like it's a fair. So it's like a tailgate. It's like a giant tailgate. And this is, I think, another one of the reasons that for what Peter was saying earlier, why this propaganda just isn't sticking. You know, Trudeau got on you know, the, t- well, first of all, before this happened on CTV, the, you had an anchor saying that this was probably an op that was funded by Russia. right? <laughs> uh, which just seems absolutely crazy wow. you know um uh, and then trudeau got on and said you know we just as canadians we need to absolutely rebuke, come together
0: and unite
2: we need to rebuke the racism that we see in oh. ottawa you know and i you know and so you <laughs> picking you,
0: whatever talking points came to mind that they could throw it yeah event. trying to
2: throw the you know the most heinous epithets that they can at, at this convoy um and I think when people hear that out of, you know, the bullhorn of the establishment, and then they look on the ground and they see a bounce house and a barbecue going on, <laughs> the the dichotomy is just too, too great. And so uh, it takes a kind of. Yeah, you, it's probably kind of a refreshing protest in a way compared
0: to what we're used to for the last two years with burning buildings and breaking windows and looting. And right. I mean, that's been kind of the mo and, and the capital riot I mean now people are looking at this thinking this is a protest this looks fun I might go have been told to that
2: by you know a CNN reporter who's standing in front of a burning target saying that this is a mostly peaceful protest <laughs> yeah. and then being told in this case by uh, you know the same establishment who's standing in front of kids jumping in a bounce house and people barbecuing that this is an example of you know a, a display of extreme racism uh, it's really the it seems like the mask is coming off. So that would be uh, one thing to point out. The second thing I think that it's really important to point out is what happened with the GoFundMe account that was set up for the truckers. Uh, Because it's it's another example of things that seem so blatant that it's hard to believe that these things arise by themselves or that this is a decision taken by the company even for the company's own best interests. Right, right. Without um, some pressure or, or in favor of the company's market interest only. Right? right. So GoFundMe is a fundraising fundraising website that a lot of people use They're, you know, they, the claim is that you can set up any fundraiser you want, people can donate to it. GoFundMe takes a slight percentage, but of, at least
0: five, maybe up to 10. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway,
2: they, they make, that's their business. Model. Yeah. That's their business model. And you know, There are some things that you're not allowed to fundraise for. You know, I can't fundraise to set up. You know, uh, raise money to hire a black market assassin to go execute my ex girlfriend's current boyfriend or whatever. Right? Yeah. And you know, uh, I've gotten that. It's it's, it's, I've tried. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) So the Canadian truckers' convo had this uh, fundraiser up. It raised millions of dollars
0: yeah I bet. that's yeah. what i was thinking that and then a good cut to go people funding. who
2: donated to this got an email saying we've determined that this project violates you know one of our policies so we are going to donate donate your money to an approved charity oh, of their choosing yes oh. <laughs> so not only i mean there are a bunch of these fundraising like maybe uh covid vaccine research or something like that maybe (laughs) yeah so this has happened a few times before where uh, fundraisers get shut down Mm -hmm. but this was i think the first time i had ever heard of it where GoFundMe said, not only are we not letting you do this, we're actually taking the money that you donated and we are going to donate it to something that we think is worthwhile. Yeah. And then they had a little addendum saying, you know, if, if you don't want us to do that, you can file this. report. You you can file for a refund and, you know, we'll get around to giving you the refund, but that's, yeah wildly unacceptable and so a couple days later then or we're maybe even the, the next day they said oh you actually you know we've, we've gotten a lot of feedback from our customers so what we're actually going to do instead is just automatically issue refunds right yeah um, good
0: thinking
1: they, they got also uh several threats of lawsuits from state attorney attorneys oh I was another imagine, piece yeah, of it just, was they, they said uh, you can't take people's money and donate to whatever refunds is the only option for you
2: yeah, so there were there that. were a lot of tweets going around too saying if you donated with your credit card, you need to file a report yeah, right now, and you know don't say you know say it's a merchant dispute because this this will cost them fifteen dollars for everyone that they have to.
0: Oh, um, it'll actually penalize. <laughs> oh, it's <them>. gonna yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: so uh, people were on this very very quickly, right? But like the brazenness of even attempting I mean, you're trying to do this and thinking this would work seems like. It it has to involve either a kind of blatant ignorance about what people will do.
0: Yeah. Well, and I have less problem with GoFundMe, a private company, as long as there isn't uh, you know some sort of connections to the government or something. They made a bonehead error, and then they're well, paying for it. But there, there are. are right? I, <laughs> I I would say
1: there are explicit connections which I, I dislike even if there weren't though, it'll be a problem, but uh, the explicit connections is Canada did I like, contact the government of Canada did contact GoFundMe and say, Hey, we don't like that you're doing this. And we're considering, you know, lawsuits and things like that Yeah. Uh, because this is up on your website and they're funding, you're letting an insurrection be funded, all this stuff.
0: Yeah. But I also, but, but, but e- that said, it's still their choice then to whether, nope, we're going to stake our ground. We're letting this fund me th- account. Go, you go ahead and sue us government. I think we're in the right. Or as a business decision, they decided to cave and and. Go
1: I, I still don't like that the the government and the establishment are able to use taxpayer dollars. Oh, I absolutely. But even without that, one of the things that bothers me, and again, like it's good that we've had not good for society, but good for comparison, that we've had recent protests. I remember, we have people who were burning down stores who were having GoFundMes fund their bail so they could get out and, you know, not have yeah. to face, uh, you know, time in jail while they waited for their prison sentence to come up.
2: The vice president was contributed to that bail. Yeah, fund. yes. The, yeah, so <laughs> that's true. Uh, the vice president of the United States. And
1: again, these are different countries, <laughs> but it, it's hard not to notice how this private, ostensibly private company, I don't believe it's a private company in any meaningful sense, I'm willing to say that is uh, siding with people burning down buildings on one end but on the other end they're saying sorry the sitting in the street and the honking thing is just a little bit too far for us this is clearly like picking political sides it's it's trying to side with the the establishment and i i have no respect for gofundme or their decision and i'm glad that they were were threatened to be sued and charged back into oblivion and i Mm -hmm. hope they don't continue as a company yeah
0: these mistakes
2: only get made in one direction seems like yeah that's that's right
0: right. here's my beef though you you You're really just making argument against big government. And like, that's why we should have a limited government, which we don't have now. But this is, to me, just an example of why we hopefully can have grassroots support to say, you know what, the government's too big. And here's why. All of a sudden, Trudeau can pick up the phone and call a private company and put some pressure on them. Whereas if the government was much more limited that more likely wouldn't happen.
1: You're right that the source is the government. Though where we might differ is, I would be okay with somebody using big government to smash and hurt GoFundMe right now because of their like obvious bias. I see them as a branch of the government. This is no different than if the Republican Party and the Democratic Party were fighting. GoFundMe is a branch of yeah. our elite. But it's
0: it's still an argument against cronyism.
1: Yes. Yeah. You're you're exactly right that there. I I'm not in favor Which of some non-crony company. Yeah. <laughs> now I might have a bigger definition of crony than a lot of people would be comfortable with, but I'm willing to accept that, that I think that even without a threat from a government, that GoFundMe is basically a branch of the government. I mean, a very small and significant branch, but a branch.
2: One well, I thing that I also don't like, and I sometimes hear on like the libertarian side of this is like the view that, well, since GoFundMe is a private company, they're, you know, they're immune to criticism because they're just doing what, you know, like that. Don't attack GoFundMe. They're, they're a private company. They're making their own decisions, and you know the market will sort it out. And I I think if you think that, I agree with Peter that I think GoFundMe is more of an arm of the state. But even if you think it is a private company, you uh, are certainly permitted to say, since they are private a private company, this is their bed. They have to lay in it, and I hope it destroys them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Voice oh, voice sure. is yeah.
1: part of the market. At least the way that we have our market organized now, you're allowed to say that someone stinks in the market just as much as you're allowed to not so. I agree with you, Justin. Sometimes the response is, well, just don't use GoFundMe if you have a problem with it. It's like, yeah, but I don't have to just not use it. I can also say GoFundMe sucks. And like, this is also part of the market. Like there's nothing wrong with
0: that. Well, many years ago, probably roughly since I started Ottawa, maybe a little bit before, but I I was, I'm pretty convinced cronyism is the most corrosive, corruptive thing that goes on in our society and, and causes most of our woes that we've got. Big government and big business playing kissy face with yep. each other. And there's so many times where we can point back. And what's what's the worst part of it is that then opponents to f- markets will use to say, oh, see, the market didn't work because this isn't going to filter out this way. But they're actually pointing to cronyism not working. And that the fact that we've drifted for the last 60 years away from more market-based type policies. And so we're in a we're in a bit of a fix
1: yeah and even though i said i'd be fine with someone using the state to smash GoFundMe, me and i i'm willing to stand by that <laughs> comment what that shouldn't be interpreted as is i think people should take that avenue that's a different question so i don't think there'd be anything wrong if someone did that but i think it's a bad move because of what you just said big government big when you business... say it
0: that way though you're talking about like they could make a rightful suit to say state government my rights have been offended I want you to smash when you hear the smash for like if, go through the proper legal channels if, to smash them. Yeah,
1: or or pass a law that says GoFundMe has to pay a million dollars or burn it, I don't care, you know, throw <laughs> throw it into the ocean, something like that. I wouldn't mind that because I think GoFundMe is again basically just an, an arm of the government and I don't have any problem with it being treated like an arm of the government. I will say though I think it'd be a bad move because I actually don't think people can successfully use government to destroy government. uh,
0: Where are you guys getting this arm of the government thing? Because I'm not seeing that connection.
1: I think that... Because I
0: think the media being an arm of the government, the argument is that they're just doing pro-government propaganda to support the government. But where is GoFundMe? I just think of it as... Private people trying to raise money, and and so where's the arm of the government part coming in? Were you here for the first part of this conversation?
1: <laughs> yeah, why? Why the question is why is it that GoFundMe allows like BLM bail protest things to stay on the site, but is it going against the trucker convoy? Is it? I assume that's a
0: small fraction of their business, though.
1: Yeah, I, it's maybe a small fraction of their business, but it reflects their willingness to be part of the dominant narrative in our society, just like the media. Uh,
0: may, I mean, I'm mean, i just thinking an arm is a pretty important part of the body. So well, I, I'm I, thinking I, I, maybe it's a little toe Sure. And I just it, wanted it, it, to make sure. It's arm, I think the media is closer to an arm of the yeah. government. Or, or, the, or that the government's maybe, arm of the media want to Maybe it the little pinky but toe of the government. Maybe I could buy into that.
1: Basically what I'm saying is that the... <laughs> I'm sure the the, C, the CEO of GoFundMe and politicians and journalists all enjoy each other's company a lot, and that they would be happy to make decisions together. Sure. That's all I mean. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. a big club. Coroneist and, coroneist
0: and you're not split. in it,
2: and neither am I. So, <laughs> so let's stop pretending that these people would like us. The other thing to point out, though, is what has happened in response to GoFundMe's doing this. And I think this is extremely positive. So, one of the things that has happened is that a lot of fundraising has been done on distributed uh, exchanges and uh, Bitcoin has been used to raise money for the truckers, too. Oh, now, yeah. a lot of times when, you know, there were crazy people have been talking about Bitcoin for like nine or 10 years. Right. And saying things like oh, it's a little to government can't control your money. Right. Yeah. And as one of these crazy people, one of the things people would always say to you is like, what are you so worried about? It's not like the government actually like stops you from making transactions (laughs) or, you know, Visa's not going to stop you, stop processing your payments. And I think what we found is that, you know, the, the paranoid delusions of the paranoid delusionary folks like myself (laughs) is becoming, uh, you know, increasingly clear every day. And the only way to get around that, in my opinion, is to make systems that are structurally impossible to censor in yeah, that way. I, I, if if it's possible to apply pressure um, in order to advance a political end, that pressure will be applied. Yeah. And so you need a system that is decentralized enough so that there's no central point of failure and no central choke point for, uh, you know, some... Yeah. More unlike Trudeau to uh, uh you yeah. know to squeeze. Well
0: well put. And if we don't if we don't have, I'm not questioning to what extent, but if, if a country or otherwise doesn't have an impartial, uh you know, unbiased, just court legal setup, uh then you're you're kind of screwed with your protest, right? Because this currently just what happened happens. But blockchain and other elements that are independent of any government authority allows some competition to even the most croniest regime yeah
1: yeah the uh despite my anger at gofundme and other ostensibly private organizations i'm still a big believer in the market and this is why i mean you know bitcoin uh though not generated for, for profit explicitly not like a company or anything it still was a a private uh contribution uh, a private yeah. for, a private form of governance that's yeah. what bitcoin is is it allows money to exist and be used and be verified apart from governments or public governments, it's a private form of governance, and the the decentralized aspect of markets is what I love about markets. And I, I agree with Justin completely. We only need to work on more decentralized internet providers, and then there's no choke point. Yeah, uh, but we're closer than ever. And
0: to the extent, God, I still say, God bless America. We have enough freedoms for new institutions to evolve like blockchain, Bitcoin, the little guy can do something without the blessing of the state or fear that the state's going to kill them. Let's say in the worst case scenario, like, I think some of the Chinese um, fear, we still have those yeah, freedoms at and, this point. And and we need to do everything to protect them.
1: And even uh, so even like traditional small businesses can still do this really successfully and yeah. can grow really large without being cut off in, in the U.S. I don't want to give the impression that I think all private companies that are successful are arms of the state. And they successful. might even use GoFundMe to get started. How about that? Probably not anymore, but, but maybe it's something. <laughs> uh, I think there's a, there's a new company that's being used, something like sends funds. Yeah, or there's other there's other ones uh, like ha- that has come up, and so you can look into alternatives. Though, like Justin mentioned, uh, all those have choke points and, and Bitcoin doesn't. So that's that's one of the
2: right, issues. right, yep. All right, well, that looks like a good place to wrap up. Any last final thoughts? One more thing about and to connect Bitcoin back to cronyism. If you look at the genesis block of Bitcoin. they reference a news article in the genesis block which you know it's the 2009 bailout of the banks by the fed which is uh or sorry the bank of england uh, set to bail out banks again so um you know bitcoin from its beginning is an explicit response to cronyism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a response to it
0: yeah all right good final word well this has been a production of the gorton institute here at ottawa university i'd like to thank you all for listening Five-star rating helps other people find us and also forward it along to your friends. Other than that, be fruitful and multiply. Thanks.